goodness and mercy follow us all the days of our life. Oh, we dwell in that house of the Lord forever. Just to look upon the majesty. Interesting. 
How many has ever breathed on a glass or a mirror? What happens to the glass and the mirror? It, it fogs up because there's moisture in your mouth. And you water your seed with your mouth. When you sow a seed, you water it with speaking the word over it, with declaring what God said over it. And the water goes out of your mouth and it waters the seed that you plant in the ground. How many know seeds need water? So what are you saying about your seeds? Are you giving your seeds an assignment? Are you declaring that increase comes from every seed? Amen. Father, we just give you thanks and praise. Call every giver and gift blessed by you in Jesus' name. Amen. Of course, if you're watching online, wherever you may be, you can do the same uh, on our website as well. Amen. Well, you ready for the word tonight? I want you to go with me to Mark chapter 11. And... uh, We're going to look at more in depth about the God kind of faith. And an aspect of that, we're going to kind of branch out tonight a little bit about it. And in Mark chapter 11, Jesus was with his disciples and he was hungry and he saw a fig tree and... uh, He saw it from a distance, it had leaves on it, but when he got up close, that there wasn't any fruit, and he he said, no man eat fruit of you again, and walked away. And from the moment that he said those words, the word began to work and take effect on that tree, and this is where we are in verse 22. Um, well, we better go back up to verse 20. And in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. You know, it wasn't a surprise to Jesus that it dried up. It was only a surprise to the disciples. Because they hadn't fully understood the dynamics of how faith works. Jesus knew that when he said those words, that tree was it. He had such confidence and assurance because he was the walking word. Right? And Peter, calling to remembrance, said unto him, Master, behold, the fig tree which you cursed is withered away. And we shouldn't be surprised by that either because everything Jesus said is true. So if he curses something, it's not going to work and no one else can fix it. Right. But if he blesses something, no one else can curse it. Balaam tried it and wasn't successful. Every time he tried to curse Israel, he blessed them. Verse 22. And Jesus answering and said unto them, Have faith in God. You know, he just went into a description of what it means to have faith. Who we're supposed to have faith in. And... um, He said, have faith in God, or have the God kind of faith. How many have the God kind of faith? Or the faith that comes from God? Did you know there's only, I was thinking about this today, there is only one source, one company, 
that produces truth in all the universe, and that's the kingdom of God. You can't get truth. I mean, yes, people can say the truth, but the absolute truth, the truth that's been forever settled in heaven, is only found in God's kingdom. It can only come from God. So he said, have faith in God, trust in God, believe in God. How many believe in God? You believe in his nature. You believe in his character. You believe in his ability. You believe that nothing is impossible to him. You believe that he can do all things. Say, I believe in God. Then he says, for verily I say unto you that whosoever... Who will faith work for? Whosoever believes. You know, everybody in this room is a whosoever. Doug heard a whosoever. Now, who's talking here? We're getting pure faith talk from the original source. Years ago, I was in New Zealand, and we visited a part of New Zealand called Rotorua, and it is, it is really, um, the Maoris were the original settlers of New Zealand, they're Polynesian people, and uh, they have a, a large uh, a village here in Rotorua, and we visited this spring. It was 50 foot deep, and they had tested it, it was 99.9% pure. And I forget how many thousands of gallons that this spring would pump out every day. And uh, I actually had a little cup with me, and I kind of dipped it in the river and took a drink. It was actually really good. (laughs) But you know, there's a difference when you get something from the source versus something that's been diluted. Right. And Jesus here, he's teaching his disciples, and that also included us, because guess what? They wrote it down for our benefit. Mm -hmm. He said, verily I say unto you, okay, so this is how the faith of God operates or functions. That whosoever shall say unto this mountain, you know, faith comes by hearing God's word, but faith is released in the words that you speak. God just doesn't want you to gather in faith. He wants you to have a release mechanism. Where you can release faith, because once you release faith, that's when, then it, it activates the power of God. For verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be removed and be cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe. That those things which he says shall come to pass, he shall have whatsoever he says. How many want whatever you say? Wait a minute, Pastor. I, I don't want everything that I say. I don't want the good things that I say. Well, let me tell you something. Whatsoever he says. Did the, did the spies in Israel, did they say some things? Mm-hmm. Were, was it positive or negative? Mm-hmm. Did they get what they said? Yeah. 
Wow. See, it works both ways. It works positive and negative. Verse 24, Therefore I say unto you, What things soever you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. And when you stand praying, forgive. Can anyone have faith in God? Yes. Absolutely. And um, I want to talk just a moment before we get to where we need to go tonight about natural faith versus spiritual faith. Did you know that there is a natural part and a spiritual part in every battle? That's right. You know, God needs people who are willing to fight in the battle. Right? God just doesn't come in and doesn't use human participation. How many want to be able to participate with God? Okay? Now, natural faith and spiritual faith can be, is exemplified with two people. Natural faith is represented by Thomas. Right? Another the story of Thomas, John chapter 20. Jesus was risen from the dead. And his disciples saw him. But Thomas wasn't there when they saw him. And then when they saw Thomas again, they, they said, Thomas, Jesus rose from the dead. And Thomas' response was what? I'm not going to believe until I what? That's natural faith. See, Thomas relied on physical evidence, such as feelings. Whoa, 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 feelings. (laughs) He relied on his senses, on his emotions, to prove what happened was true. And he said it, I'm not going to believe until... I put my hands until I'm able to touch with my physical body. Otherwise, if I can't touch with my physical body, I'm not going to believe the report. And we know that Jesus let him touch him, right? But did he bless Thomas? He said, Thomas, you know, you you touched and you believe, but blessed are those who, who don't see and believe. See, there is a human and a natural truth. It's governed by your senses, your feelings, and your body. You declare that you're sick because you feel sick. You feel the pain. It's a feeling. It's what your body is communicating. Alright? It's based on physical evidence. What you see, what you feel, what you sense. You know, some people sense things, but that doesn't mean that they have what they... They're going by what they sense versus what is said. Alright? And then there is, well, see, 
Thomas believed according to what he felt, what his senses could experience, and he doubted the reports, but he believed his physical body. He believed what his hands could actually grip or touch. Now the other side of this is spiritual faith, and it's exemplified by Abraham. Abraham was an old man. He was 99. We got any 99-year-olds in here? You know, when you're 60, you're only middle age. And Abraham believed based on what God said. Matter of fact, you could read about it in Romans. Don't have time to go there, but he said, I did not consider my own body now being dead, nor Sarah's womb now being dead. He didn't consider it. You can't, listen, you can't let your body dictate what God, what is truth. Alright, Abraham believed what God said. The only evidence that he was going to have a child through with Sarah was what God said, nothing else. Sarah certainly didn't feel like having a baby, and Abraham didn't either. Their bodies, if they were to consult their bodies, their bodies would have said, no way, Jack. Right? And that, it was even a surprise to Sarah when she was overhearing the Lord. Am I going to have pleasure in my Lord again? <laughs> hey, did Sarah not feel that? Like? No, I didn't like that. See, you, you cannot receive Abraham's blessing with Thomas's faith. You can't receive Abraham's blessing with Thomas's faith. See, Thomas. A Thomas faith only believes what it sees, hears, and feels from the natural. But um, Abraham faith believes only what God said. In other words, sometimes um, we uh, we uh, we have it out of order. Sometimes we put our feelings first, and faith in our feelings second, and God's word last. But we got to flip it. We got to put God's word first, and whatever your feelings say last. When the woman with the issue of blood was healed, she felt in her body that she was healed. You know? But she, the Bible doesn't record her, you know, she just, she just knew that she was healed, right? Why? Because she was in faith. What, what brought her to Jesus? It's what she heard. She heard a report about Jesus healing people, and that's what moved her from her house to Jesus, and she got her miracle. It wasn't based on what her body said. Now, I'm sure that her body disagreed with her along the way. Her body was saying, quit moving me, I'm weak. I don't want to go to Jesus. I want to stay on this comfy couch. 
Jesus. And that's what gave her the miracle. See, unbelief annuls faith. And so in order to keep and maintain the work of God's Word, did you know that God's Word works? And sometimes when God's Word works, we don't have a maintenance program to keep it going. I'll give you a testimony, not of me, but of of someone that I met, that I talked to in Illinois. This was long before I was ever married. I was a single man. And I was in a tent meeting. And this man got healed. He had a back brace on. He took that back brace off, and he must have did about three or four laps around that tent at a full sprint. I talked to him afterwards. He testified how he was healed until he got news that he was going to lose his disability. And all of a sudden, when news came that he was going to lose his disability, he also lost his healing too. He let it go. He let it slip through his fingers. Now, how many know that in a, a home requires maintenance, right? Dusting, cleaning, washing, fixing, do it all over again, right? Uh, machines, you know, sometimes they wear out and they have to be replaced. But all of us that have a home, don't, there's always something to do at home, right? That's why God gives you a lifetime to do it. So, I want to talk to you tonight about an aspect of faith that we don't talk about much. And it's called about holding fast. Because too many people let a miracle or a work of God slip through their fingers because they don't maintain it by staying close to the Word or the Source. See, the word believe is an action word. If we want to keep and maintain the work of God's Word, you've got to continue to feed on it, and you've got to continue to exercise it. So, when the Bible says believe, it literally means to take hold of or to grasp. Alright? And uh, we know the scripture in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12, it says, fight the good fight of faith. But then it says, lay hold on to eternal life. Everybody hold up your hands. Say, these hands were designed to grip the goodness of God. And I'm not going to let it slip through my fingers. Amen. All right? To believe is an act of the will. Joshua 24.15 says, After me and my house, we will serve the Lord. 
So when you believe, you're making an act of your will, you're saying, I'm going to stick with what God said. I'm going to grab a hold of what God said. I'm going to stand on what God said. I'm going to only focus on what God said. That's what it means to believe. To believe is, it, is to act on the word of God. And when you doubt, you refuse to act. Yeah. No. God says, do this. No. I don't want to. I don't feel like it. Amen? But what, when we say we believe God, that means we're willing to act on His word. We're willing to put His word into action. To put it on display in our lives. To let it be seen. Let it be heard. Let it be known. Because we believe it. See, when you believe it, it's going to thrust you into action. And people will see it. You can read every story in the gospel of people who came to Jesus. Jairus, he heard and he came to Jesus. The centurion heard and he came to Jesus. The woman with the issue of blood, she heard. The, the Syrophoenician woman, she came to Jesus. All of them took action. Because they believed something. And in the Syrophoenician account in Matthew 15, she refused to quit. She believed that Jesus was the answer. So she was called a dog. She was ignored. She was said she could have called Jesus racist. Jesus said you're of the wrong race. What do you mean? You're racist. But you know what? Her re- she believed it so strong that she refused to quit. And guess what? She went from zero faith to great faith. See. When we believe with the heart, we're believing what God said on the inside. And what we believe on the inside will work its way on the outside. Real faith believes God's word regardless of the physical evidence, whatever the physical evidence may be. You know the story with the man with the withered hand? Withered hand. What did the word say to the hand? You know, talk to the hand. What did the word say to the hand? Stretch forth your hand. He, he stretched forth that hand that was smashed or withered or whatever happened to it. According to Dr. Ron, he, he got it injured in a stone accident. Jesus didn't touch him. Jesus didn't anoint him with oil. All Jesus did was said. And the man went from withered to whole because he did what the word said. Now, it may have looked impossible. It may have seemed impossible. It may have uh, looked like it could never have been done, but it was done. In an unconventional, against the world way. You know, according to the world, God is unconventional. But God made up convention, so it doesn't really matter. See, to believe your physical senses is to believe outwardly. And God never does a work outward in. He always does a work inside out. People with Thomas faith, they want the manifestation on the outside before they believe it inside. But that's not how faith works. Well, my healing hasn't manifested yet. 
Where in the Bible have you ever read that someone said, my healing has an against yet, Jesus? <laughs> I'm waiting for the man to say, well, you're waiting for the wrong thing. You don't believe you have it now. You believe it's going to happen sometime in the future. Come on, somebody. You got to look to God, not your symptoms. Don't look to your pocketbook. Don't look to the bill. Every time you get a bill, just say, God, you got mail. Okay? You have to be determined not to move, not to be moved by what you see, not to be moved by what you feel. And the only thing that can move you is what God said. Whether written or audible, doesn't really matter. Alright? Feelings are the voice of your body. We're all feelings. Right? Your emotions, circumstances, and your opinions. Feelings are the voice of your body. Reasoning is the voice of your mind. Okay? Your logic, your natural knowledge, your skill, and your experience. Alright? And your conscience is the voice of your spirit. It's that still small voice, that inner voice, that helps you discern between what is right and what is wrong. Alright? So, we have to be able to hold fast. Alright? So, I want to talk a little bit about how we can hold fast. Holding fast is how we interact, associate, value, and cling to God's Word. The Bible has a lot to say about holding fast. It doesn't mean hold quickly. It just means get a good grip. Look at your neighbor and say, get a grip. We're going to get a grip on faith tonight. Are you with me? Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 10. Okay, everything I said up to this point, I'm just setting you up for success. Deuteronomy 10, verses 20 and 21. Alright? Now, Jesus quoted from Deuteronomy more than any other book in the Old Testament. It's known as the second law. I love Deuteronomy. Alright? Deuteronomy 10, verses 20 and 21. You shall fear the Lord your God. Could you say, would that be the same as Jesus saying, have faith in God? What does it mean to fear God? To reverence, respect, and honor God. Alright? Could, could you say that that's similar to what Jesus said, have faith in God? Okay? So fear the Lord, your God. Everybody say, my God. God is a personal God. You've got to make your relationship with God personal. You've got to call Him your God. He's my God. Amen? He's my healer. He's my Savior. He's my deliverer. He's my provider. Personalize it. God's okay with you personalizing your relationship with Him. That's what His intent was. Him shall you serve. Him is equatable to the Word. We know that Jesus is the Word made flesh and dwelt among us. Okay? This is how we relate and associate and cling to the Word of God. Alright? 
So respect, reverence, and honor God. Him shall you serve, and to him shall you cling. I want you to pay attention to the word cling. Alright? That means to cling, to keep close. It's like how your, your, your bone attaches to the skin. It's how a hand grabs a sword. It's how your tongue is attached to the roof of your mouth. Okay? It's that closeness. It's that, um, uh, that's, that's what this word means, to cling. It's what Ruth did to Naomi. Ruth, the Bible says that Ruth went for, she clung to Naomi. I'm not leaving. I'm not going. I'm holding on. I don't care where you go. I don't care where you go through. I'm holding on. And I'm not letting go. And because she clung to Naomi, she met Boaz. Who you cling to will determine what you receive. What you cling to. If, if you're going to cling to your feelings, your feelings change in an instant. Right? You know, even Boris Cup would say, you never know what you're going to get when you cling to your feelings. So, you, you want to cling to something that isn't immovable, unshakable, never changes. You want to cling, cling to this thing, okay? This is what really, this is what real faith does. It's something that you pursue closely. it by pursuit. What did Jesus say to the disciples that made Matthew leave tax collecting and Peter leave fishing? Three simple words. Come follow me. Did Jesus try to convince Peter to follow him? No. He, he used his boat. He rewarded him with a miracle. And then he said, come follow me. He didn't pressure him. He didn't push him. But he gave him an opportunity. And it was up to Peter to determine how closely he was going to follow Jesus. And in that particular instance, it it meant that he had to walk away from his business. And serve Jesus and closely pursue him. Cling to him. Cleave to him. This is what we got to do if we're going to have real faith. The God kind of faith. See, the God kind of faith, God clings to his own word. God binds himself to his own word. When he entered into the covenant with Abraham, he, the Bible says he swore by himself because there was no one greater. Every time God speaks, he puts his word on the line. He's not afraid to put his word on the line because he knows it'll stand any test. It'll defeat any foe. It'll overcome any obstacle. God believes his own word. This is the God kind of faith. It's a faith that cleaves, that clings, that closely pursues the Word of God. Right? What else does it say? And swear by His name. How do we perform the miracles that Jesus did? Do we do it in our name? Or do we do it in His name? When you say 
in the name of Jesus, it's as if Jesus is standing right there doing the talking. Alright, verse 21. He is your praise. You know what? What did Abraham do to keep his faith strong? Romans 4, 18, somewhere right around there. He said he was giving glory to God. That's what kept his faith strong. Praise keeps your faith strong. If you're going to be a person of faith, you've got to be a person of praise. You know, you've got to allow your body to express how much you love God. Allow your voice to express how much you appreciate God. Alright? He is your praise. He is your God. And has done for you these great and terrible things which your eyes have seen. How many have seen some things that God has done over the years? Alright, go to Deuteronomy 30. Deuteronomy 30. We're talking about holding fast, that word clean. It's, it's the same word, hold fast. Everybody say, I've got a good grip. On God. Alright, Deuteronomy 30, verses 11 to 20. For this commandment which I command you this day is not hidden from you, neither is far off. When Jesus spoke his words, he spoke it openly. Didn't he? And he, 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 he declared that he was sent by God, and he spoke the words of God, and the Bible records that his words are spirit and life. John 6, 63. Okay? Verse 12, It is not in heaven that you should say, Who shall go up for us to heaven and bring, a, bring it unto us, that we may hear it and do it. Everybody say, hear it. Do it. So, if you want to be a faith person, you got to hear it, walk it, talk it. Everybody say, hear it, walk it, talk it. One more time. Hear it, walk it, talk it. That's what you got to do. If you need something from God, alright? I have a need from God. You find out what God said because faith comes. How does faith come? By hearing what? Faith doesn't come from your opinions. Faith doesn't come from your feelings. Faith doesn't come from what your doctor says. Faith doesn't come from what the bank says. Faith comes by hearing and hearing God. So you've got to get God's word to have faith to walk it out. But now, okay, I heard God's word. But now... Until, from point A to point B, I've got to agree with God's Word. I've got to speak God's Word. I've got to believe God's Word. And I can't differ from it. If I do, I'm back to square one. How many years did Israel walk in the wilderness? Forty, because for forty days, they disagreed with God forty days. It cost them forty years. I'll give you a New Testament example. Jairus came to Jesus. He came to the Word, didn't he? You've got to know the source. Say the Word 
is my source for everything. Okay? Jairus came to the Word. He had a problem. His daughter was near death. Everybody say near death. So he goes to the Word, and did you know that Jesus, the Word is the only thing that can recognize faith? Just a little side note. When uh, Jesus was preaching in the place, the house was full, and they brought the guy from the roof. Who recognized the faith? Only Jesus. Only the Word can recognize faith. Do you realize when the Syrophoenician woman came to Jesus, and at first she didn't say anything, what did the disciples say to him next? Send her away because she comes after us. They couldn't even recognize her faith. Only faith recognizes faith. The Word speaks faith language. So the Word recognizes when faith is in action. Right? So Jairus, right? He's in faith. How do we know that Jairus is in faith? Because the Word agrees with him. And the Word is with him. And the Word is going to his house because Jairus gave the Word an assignment. Come lay your hands on my daughter and she shall be whole. Okay? That's exactly what he said. And they're walking, the woman with initial blood, she gets her miracle, then they're still walking, they're almost at the house. What happens? Now the scenario changed. But faith doesn't change. You can't change your faith based on circumstances. Circumstantial evidence will not get a criminal convicted. It has to be proved beyond a reasonable doubt. So Jairus, he hears the word, you don't bother the master anymore, your daughter's dead. Does that mean you should stop in faith? Because the circumstance changed. He had to say what he originally said. Jesus looked at him, Jesus heard the words. He said, don't fear what? Only believe. Only keep holding on. Only hold fast to what you originally said. To what you originally came with me. Don't change your mind. Don't change your focus. Don't go to the right. Don't go to the left. Keep holding on to me. And he did. Because Jairus didn't say anything in regards to the, the report that he received. Sometimes it's good. Once you're in faith, you know, you don't have to change your mind. Jairus did not agree on any level with what was said. He resisted fear and he kept believing. Same thing with the the Shunammite woman. Right? She she builds a room. You talk about an offering? She recognizes that this guy that's coming to their house is a man of God. So what does she do? She says, okay honey, we're going to build this guy a room. We're going to add an addition to our house to serve the man of God. And by the way, I learned something about that story. That's the only place where it says great woman. That's the only place in the Bible where it says, I'm talking about great woman, the great woman. Anyway, all right? <laughs> Ladies, that should have been a shot for y'all right there. That was an opportunity. So, she, she built this room. She got a bed, a desk a chair, and a lamp. All for the prophet. Right? So, the prophet, she sowed her seed, and now the seed is working. Okay, 
What was her harvest of the seed? A child. Now when the prophet said, God's going to come back at this time again, she said, don't, don't play with me. She, she was like, come on, don't kid with me. I'm an older woman. Don't be kidding with me. No, you're going to have, okay. So she has a son. But then the son dies. Right? And she's taking him and she puts him on the altar of her gift, which was the room that she built for the prophet. And as she's going with her son in her arms, they're asking her, how is it? What was her response? All is well. Everybody say, all is well. How can you say all is well when you're carrying your son who had a head injury and died? Because that's what faith does. Faith does not agree with the circumstances. Faith agrees with what God said. God, you gave me this boy, and I'm not going to let something like this take this boy. Right? And she lays him on the bed, and what happens? The boy gets raised from the dead. Can you say amen? Amen. Alright, go to Psalm 63. So, uh, I know I skipped over Deuteronomy 30. Let's go to Psalm 63. This whole psalm is interesting. It's only um, 11 verses. But notice what it says. Oh God, you are my God. Is he your God? You've got the ultimate problem solver, the ultimate provider, the ultimate healer, the ultimate deliverer, the ultimate savior, the ultimate God. He is accurate. He, you have access to him. You, you can approach his throne of grace anytime, anyplace, anywhere to obtain mercy and find grace when you need it. seek you. Action. He's, you, you've got to seek God. If you're going to be a person of the God kind of faith, you've got to be a God seeker. Right? You cannot be a passive participant. God's already made the move to you. Now you've got to move. Draw near to God and what? It's not interesting. You draw near to God. You make a move to Him. And He'll draw near to you. Alright, I seek you, my soul thirsts for you. Alright? You gotta seek first and long for him. Alright, verse two. You gotta look for him in the sanctuary to see his power and glory. How many are looking for his power and glory? When you come to a service like this, you gotta look for his power and glory. You come into the sanctuary. Right? You gotta walk through these doors with expectation, with uh a readiness with a willingness. You've got to come with an expectancy. You've got to come looking for God's power and God's glory. Amen? Yeah. No, I just came to church because no, don't just come to church, come looking for something. The man at the gate beautiful, when Peter and John came up to him, and Peter said, Look at me! The man he got the man's attention, the man was expecting something from Peter. He got more than what he expected. He was expecting money. But Peter gave him some power. Changed his situation forever. Alright? Verses 3 to 4. You've got to praise him, bless him, lift 
your hands to him and be joyful. Everybody say, be joyful. The God kind of faith is a faith that rejoices. It's joyful, not joy empty. It's not joy gone. It's joyful. Everybody say, joyful. When, you're, when you have the God kind of faith, joy fills your heart. Rest fills your heart. Strength fills your heart. Hope fills your heart. Confidence fills your heart. Amen? Amen. Verse 6. You've got to remember and meditate on Him. Everybody say meditate. meditate. Isn't that how, wasn't that one of the keys that God gave Joshua for success? Meditate. What does it mean to meditate? It means to mutter. What does it mean to mutter? To repeat over and over and over and over and over. One time when I was in New Zealand, we were at a, uh, an open market. And man, I just felt like, bleh. felt like there's something, I don't know what it was, was just something in me? So, I walked around that market for about a half an hour. And I just kept saying, Lord, I thank you that you are my healer. I thank you, Lord, that I am healed by your stripes. I thank you, Lord, that healing is a benefit. You healed all my diseases. I was just doing a variety of scriptures. It was about a half an hour. Guess what happened after half an hour? Every symptom that I felt was completely gone. I felt strong. It was awesome. But it was a half an hour fight. You've got to remember and meditate. This, this produces the God kind of faith. Verse 7, you've got to know that He is your help and you've got to rejoice in His shadow. Woo! When you hide under the shadow of the Almighty, good things happen in His shadow. Amen? His shadow points to something else. He who abides in the secret place of the Lord dwells under the shadow of the Almighty. It's not just any shadow, it's the shadow of the Almighty. This is what is the God kind of faith. This is how it operates. This is how it functions. This is what Jesus is saying when he says, have faith in God. When he wants you to do what he did to the fig tree. When something isn't fruitful in your life, you can change the atmosphere of unfruitfulness to overflowing with fruit. That's what Jesus did. He caused something that was unfruitful not to produce anymore, but he wants us to, to do that with confidence. But we can just say it and walk away and it's already working. Amen? And then finally, verse 8. It says, my soul follows hard after you. My, your right hand upholds me. You've got to follow closely because he upholds you. See, the God kind of faith is a lifestyle of faith. It's got to occur every day. It occurs in everyday conversations. You can't just be in faith in church. Well, tonight I have my faith mask on. <laughs> Didn't you know I am a faith man? <laughs> but when you get out of this 
atmosphere, your mask falls off. And then the real person starts to show up. No. To have the God kind of faith, it's got to affect every conversation that you have from morning, from the time you wake up to the time you go to sleep. I mean, you've got to be so full of faith that you talk it, eat it, breathe it, think about it, meditate in it. Amen? I mean, you, you ought to get up in the morning and say, Oh, it tastes like faith. I'm ready for a bowl of faith flakes. Give me a faith omelet with extra faith on the side. Amen? You can't overdose on faith. The Bible is the book of faith. Faith can only come by hearing this word. Hearing and hearing. Ongoing. Not having heard. Oh yeah, I heard it 20 years ago. No. What have you heard today? Today has a new set of problems. You don't have the same problems you had 25 years ago. If you did, you need to grow up. <laughs> I mean, you don't even have some bigger challenges. <laughs> Amen? I mean, there will be some giants knocking on your door. What's a giant to you? It's an opportunity to the next season. That's what a giant is. What got David from being a shepherd to being a king? A giant. When he faced the giant and killed the giant, that's what thrust him into the next level. Don't be afraid of giants. I don't care what form the giant comes in. You are a giant killer. You are a mighty warrior. There's no giant big enough to take you out. You, You have a majority. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost in you. Amen? i got so much more to say about the God kind of faith. I just don't have the time. Amen? That means you got to come back next week. But I want you to know that you've got to hold fast to the Word. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9.27, he said, I, the real me, the inner man, I keep my body under and bring it into subjection so that when I preach I'm not a castaway. What's a castaway? Someone who got on a boat and didn't buy a ticket. You're trespassing on my boat. But see, Paul had to keep his body under. Why? You can't live the life of faith through your body. You've got to live it through your spirit. The inner man. The hidden man of the heart. That's the part that's been born again. That's the part that you... Your inner man has been Holy Ghost infused. You've got Holy Ghost... Uh, I want to say... You've got Holy Ghost custard in you. It tastes good. And it's overflowing. You've got Holy Ghost power. So I have Holy Ghost power in me. Say, I am anointed by Jesus. 
Amen? Get COVID off the brain and put the king on the brain. We got to be kingdom minded, not COVID minded. My goodness. I mean, I'm seeing commercials with people, you know, with masks on it. Get the COVID out of our brains and get the king on our, on our mouths. Get the word of God on our mouths. COVID can't even touch this. This will dissolve COVID in a millisecond. If COVID knocks on the door and says, word you get it, it's for you. When the word opens the door, the COVID's going to run. Could the angel of death come into a house that was covered with blood? It had to pass over that house. It could not even enter in. It could not come in the kitchen. It could not come in the living room. What? It was the blood had been applied on the doorposts. We, we, we are people who have been blood bought, blood washed. We're the glorious church of God. And it's time for us to rise up and declare who we are and what God has done and what we've been given and take our authority in the name of Jesus. I thought I'd just be teaching nice tonight. <laughs> the only thing that's going to cure everything that we face in life is faith. Yeah. Faith in God. Faith in God, it is not weak. It is strong. It is powerful. It's the same substance that God used to create the world. He allows us to use it through our relationship with Jesus Christ. And my point tonight is, you've got to be close to Jesus. Because if you start getting away from Jesus, you'll start weakening in faith. It's inevitable. See, you've got to keep the... I mean, eventually, if you don't smoke a fire, the fire's going to go out. You know, if you drive your car and drive your car and never go to the gas station, eventually E's going to be saying, uh, E, can't go no more. Because you haven't, you haven't refueled. Amen? And coming to services like this, this is how we get refueled. Amen. This is the filling station. Right? Times of refreshing come from God's presence. It comes from the teaching of the Word. Jesus just, he went about teaching the word. He was teaching the word and the power of the Lord was present to heal. Amen. Stand to your feet. I'm fired up, but I'm done. (laughs) You know, in Luke 18, Jesus himself was concerned about the subject of faith. You know what he said? When I return, will I find faith on the earth? You know, a lot of what we're seeing today, churches are letting the government dictate how they should worship. That's We have a constitutional right on how we should worship. We have the freedom to worship how we want, when we want, where we want. Amen? And I'm glad that we got a free atmosphere. The Holy Ghost is here. And because He's here, there is liberty in this place. There is liberty in this atmosphere. Amen? And He wants to liberate the saints. He doesn't want you being bound by fear. You're not the tail. You were not created as a tail. 
pray. You can vote. You can worship. You can speak. You can lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You have a voice. You have a story. You have a testimony. And it's time that we do it without shame. Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel. We should never be ashamed of the gospel. That means we shouldn't be ashamed to tell it. We shouldn't be ashamed, ashamed to show it. We shouldn't be ashamed to talk about it. We shouldn't be ashamed to live it. Because this is the only thing that's going to save the world. The world needs to have faith in God. So, rev up your faith. So tonight, I'm revving up my faith. I will not be silent. I will not stand still. I have a voice, and I have a story to tell. I speak to my body.
they go because they are blessed, blessed, blessed in the name of Jesus. Have a good night.